Listen, we are both members of the diaspora. We are uh, very familiar with cultural confusion, but this was a whole other level of just like, fucking yo, dog, you like different cultures working together? We put a white person inside a Japanese person inside a German setting <laughs> inside a Netflix adaptation of a Japanese property. It's like the worst Matryoshka doll you could ever fucking come up with. Mortified, The Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations, all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm the Philosopher's Stone. And this week, we decided to subject ourselves to the 2017 Netflix live-action adaptation of Full Metal Alchemist. As part of the cost of equivalent exchange, remember you can help us on Mortify the Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, signing up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter at MortifiedPod. Layla, so ostensibly we're friends, right? That's like the premise of this podcast. I I feel like that relationship has been damaged after today. Yeah, I just, I don't know where we stand now. Um, because you did make me watch the Full Metal Alchemist live action movie. Um, and it did, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about souls and body transmutation and cost and I do feel like I would probably go with, like, out <laughs> some of my fingers if I could have unseen that movie. <laughs> like, that would actually be pretty chill. So so what do you think you've earned um, having paid the cost of that film? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I should probably at least get, like, a month of Netflix back. Like, I want, I want, like, oh, we, we, I pay for my whole family, so, like, I want my fucking $17 for this month back because I've certainly earned it. I I mean, <laughs> oh God, how many people watch this thing? Netflix? Like, why did you do this to me? I would personally love to know that statistic. I think it has a score of 48 through Metacritic. Cause I was looking some stuff up on IMDb. Why don't we, why don't we rotten tomatoes this real quick? Just, just to satisfy my curiosity. To my amazing. prediction it is, is that it has an audience score of, 59. Okay, and, and what do you think? a score of 12. Okay, okay, 59 and 12. Okay, cool, I'll take those odds. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 70 and 30. 32. All right, let's see. Drum roll, please. 28 critic and 73 audience. So somehow I was closer. Three. Yes. Weebs don't deserve rights. We... <laughs> Though if you click on the, oh man, if you click on the 500 plus reviews, the first three are half a star. Yeah. Followed immediately by a five star review that says this was pretty faithful to the anime. The acting was was as expected. (laughs) It's an anime based film. It was good and followed the story pretty meticulously. Woof. Best anime live action done so far. Really enjoyed it. Oh, how long has it been since you watched Full Metal Alchemist, mon frere? Uh, I think I think I watched it in 2018, so about three years. Um, how long has you have has it been since you watched that? I meant I mean I meant that guy, and I think oh. <laughs> uh, I think I was also about 2018 or 19. I used to do an annual rewatch of it, but I've I've kind of fallen off the boat. Um, 
Yeah, so I, I think it should be noted that Full Metal Alchemist is like, you know, if Kipo is like your top five thing of all time, then Full Metal Alchemist is very, very up there for me. Um, I love I love Full Metal Alchemist a lot, which is why I can't take this movie seriously. Otherwise, I'll get very, very, very angry. <laughs> okay, um, so if we try to summarize it, it does, uh, for those of you who don't know, Full Metal Alchemist was a manga slash anime uh, that it's, you know, it's widely regarded as one of the best in the genre, um, especially with their 2009 Brotherhood adaptation, which is the one that I watched uh, a couple years ago. Um, but, like, this is a Netflix adaptation of that, which um, it does cover some of the parts of the first, I don't know, third or half of that series, Right, we get we get the part where uh, you know spoilers for Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, we learn about the Philosopher's Stones, and they realize that the you know the Philosopher's Stones are made from people, and uh, Colonel Mustang kills Lust, and um, we get the you know iconic like guy fuses his daughter and a dog together you know episode. But like there were some changes. I feel like Layla, do you do you mm-hmm. mind uh, mm-hmm. noting the changes? So, yeah, so this is a pretty wild summary of the first, I would say, 20-ish episodes, and then the last, like, like a selection of the last 10. Not faithfully, by any means, but like you said, the Philosopher's Stone is in there. Um, so it has the overarching premise, right, which is two young boys are on a quest to repair one of their bodies or to get one of their bodies back and then put possibly repair the second because when they were little they committed a crime and when their mother died they tried to bring her back using alchemy which in this um universe is like a magic science and so in order to write that they joined well ed the older brother joins the military as a military alchemist to get access to the resources to get Al's body back. That's like the premise of the show. And then as they go along, they get tangled up in this kind of overarching apocalyptic plot. Um, so Tucker, the man who fuses his daughter and his dog is episode 10. I think he's a one-off villain. It's very, it's very early. Yeah, that shit is there. Um, And so to have Tucker as the overarching villain working with the homunculi who are representative of the seven deadly sins, even though we only meet three of them in this version, and they feel like a complete set, even though they're clearly far from it. Um, Especially when we had the opportunity to, to meet Wrath, but he wasn't even in. They make passing reference to him a couple times, but like they but don't. A general instead. That yeah. There's just some guy. Yeah, because the spoilers. Wrath is Fuhrer King Bradley. So the choices were made. Um, to make this story instead of to condense sixty some odd episodes into two hours. With a cliffhanger that makes it sound like they're going to keep going, but clearly they have not, and I don't think they intend to. Uh, 
So they expanded some villains, contracted other ones, and, um, it's a film. Technically, yeah, <laughs> it is a film. It uh, is visual over time. That's correct. That's um, a movie. You asked the question before we actually get into how these characters are portrayed in the movie. Uh, did this movie make sense? Did it compel you? No. <laughs> uh, I Listen, even as somebody who, like, while I'm not super familiar with FMA, and but I also have seen it before, did it make sense? Like, I saw the, the threads that they were pulling on. I understood where they're trying to get a lot of their material from. But, like, some of the choices they made were so god-awful that it completely derailed my interest train. And I was just like, well, this isn't gonna do it for me. I, this isn't happening. I'm sorry. I have to leave. Uh, yeah, I think one of the, you, because you asked about the differences. So there's a plot line where um, this side character, Hughes, who was given a very outsized role in this adaptation, like, they saw him in the anime, and they were like, this man is the group dad. We're gonna ham dad up to 20. They didn't need to do that. At all. Hughes was dad enough being a side character. Uh, and his whole thing is he kind of figures out the plot in the beginning, and before he can tell anyone he gets murgled by one of the seven deadly sins, but they appear before him as Lieutenant Ross, who is a friend of his. And then when he realizes it's not Ross because the mole is on the other side of the face, uh, than it's supposed to be, the before he could shoot the homunculus, they turn into his wife, which is how he doesn't, which is what stops him from, from killing the homunculus and saving his own life is the image of his wife. Um, and then he gets killed, and the murder gets blamed on Lieutenant Ross. It's like a big part of the plot. Everyone gets involved, trying to figure out who did it, why Ross would do something like this, and then eventually that Ross didn't do it. In this version, they decided it was going to be an image of Mustang, which makes no fucking sense. It is also to give Mustang an outsized role in the plot, before he has that big of a role in the plot. Mustang's whole thing is he is the one that brings Ed now into the military. Him and Hawkeye find them. He sees something of himself in Ed and he's like, hey, you're a genius. If you want the resources to do this, you can come join the military. Or you could just sit and rot, I guess, since that seems to be what you're intent on doing. And that's what motivates Ed to, like, come join the military. But in this version, he's just kind of a bitch. And uh, when he comes to face, when he go to laboratory number five, which is like a plot relevant location, he for some reason figures out that Ross is Envy and tries to burn Envy. But it doesn't make any sense that Ross is Envy because we haven't been, because Envy was Mustang. So wouldn't it make more sense if Ross was Ross and Envy was Mustang and then the real Mustang showed up later with Hawkeye in the car. Audience, Layla has just produced a corkboard with a lot of strings uh, and <laughs> is trying to, she's nodding at me and she's trying to make me, convince me that this is a thing that I should have any sort of logical understanding of, which is unfortunately not the case. Uh, it just, I, 
It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Just like logistically, just like physically, not even plot relevance. Like it just makes no sense physically the way space and time works. It's, it boggles the mind and the whole fucking film is like that. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is drawing on elements that would be familiar to people who saw Full Metal Alchemist, but not correct connecting them in the correct way or giving them the narrative heft that they deserve. Like, I think they actually, by increasing Hugh's role, made him less likable. Like, and I think a lot of that has to do with the voice acting. Uh, I assume you also watched the English dub. I had to because I was making pasta for the first 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, as soon as I heard the voice acting, because it starts with Ed and Al as children with their, um, you know, child bodies in the beginning. Um, right when they're like, you know, trying to resurrect their mom, except that the child actors they're using are probably about five, maybe six years old. And the voices are, I don't know, (laughs) generously like 17. Uh, Uh (laughs) and that's their child voices. They do age up once they become teenagers to just like, you know, maybe mid forties. Well, so Ed is supposed to be 14. When the plot starts, thereabouts, and Al is supposed to be about 12, and the plot goes from for four years or so, some uh, generous estimate, from 14 to 18 is, is when Ed and Al are supposed to. And I heard Teenage Ed's voice, and every bone in my body that has watched so many dubs just, like, vibrated, like, my whole skeleton just lit up, and I was like, is that Vic McEgnog? I don't know how to pronounce his last name, and he's a predator, so he doesn't deserve that kind of respect from me anyway. So, this movie must have been made before... I don't remember when he got, quote-unquote, canceled for being a predator. Um, So, this movie must have been made before that, but Vic McNocknock is the original voice actor for Ed, and he is also voice acting for Ed here. So, it is a 40-year-old man doing a 14-year-old's voice coming out of a 25-year-old's body. It is the most unsettling shit I've ever seen. <laughs> it is a lot. And like, I did also get like sort of a, a hint of recognition. I was like, I feel like I've heard this voice before and I feel like, you know, it should be working, but there are so many, it, it is like, it's like the uncanny Valley, right? Like where if you get, uh, you know, a robot that does sort of humanoid things but it doesn't look human enough, it scares you. It's very much in that, where it's like, this should be working for me, but because there is, you know, a white man speaking, but there's a Japanese man playing the role, and that Japanese man has the most abhorrent blonde wig I've ever seen in my fucking life, uh, it makes me just want to, like, peel my skin off. The wig is a rat tail, did you notice that? (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty good. (laughs) Did you? it's a rat tail because so like in the anime Ed just has a braid he just has long hair uh later (coughs) excuse me becomes a ponytail um but the wig has like short hair layers and then a blonde braid at the base of the neck so it's a rat tail it's a rat tail it's not a braid it's a rat tail so it's a 25 year old Japanese man in a German setting wearing a rat tail (laughs) wig with a 40-year-old white man's voice doing the impression of a 14-year-old coming out of his mouth. Listen, we are both members of the diaspora. We are uh, very familiar with 
cultural confusion, but this was a whole other level of just like, fucking yo, dog, you like different cultures working together? We put a white person inside a Japanese person inside a German setting <laughs> inside a Netflix adaptation of a Japanese property. It's like the worst Matryoshka doll you could ever fucking come up with. But speaking of the voice acting, I think the other one that stood up... So Winry is also the original voice cast. Winry is also... Um, OG, a 40-year-old woman, or probably mid-30s woman, doing an impression of a 14-year-old girl out of a 25-year-old woman's body. That's a thing. Um, Truth, who is like the, the faceless white figure in the void, sounded like he was coming out of a tin can. Yes, that also sounded... The recording was like worse quality than this podcast so i don't understand how they did it yeah we could have engineered truth better with aaron's rudimentary understanding of audacity and me having taken one sound class in film school eight years ago like that we could have done a better job no like there is the sound is just unfathomably bad i mean despite the fact that the the voice actors are just making me constantly have to do double takes there's like at least one instance where like ed is like trying to like he's in a fight and he like punches a wall right and when he and like when he punches the wall the wall like crumbles because like you know he's got a big metal arm except there's no impact sound it's just like silence it's just i mean like that's the only mistake i could think of like uh it's this so sloppy did you have an anime club in your high school growing up no, I went to a Catholic high school. That oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay, so I went to a public school. Mm-hmm. If you had an anime club, I mean, I have been, always will be a weeb. That's just like a thing. I get it. It's fine. It's part of my personality. I accept it. I'm not that bad. I'm a mess. But I'm. You could talk. You could have a conversation with me. I come off like a normal person. Um. <laughs> If you've ever seen, I got the same visceral feeling from this dub as uh, seeing a white teenager with a spiked collar turn around and go, Nani? Yeah. That was the feeling. Because it was anime voice acting and anime physical acting, which is not a phrase I thought I'd ever have to say, coming out of human beings. It is, um, I, okay, here's the thing. I thought there an instance of it, instances of it were not bad. Like, I thought the beginning part where he's, like, chasing down some rando who has a fake philosopher's stone, like, where there's, um, and the guy's, like, shooting big pillars of, like, stone at him, where Ed's just, like, really hamming it up, and, like, you know, the pillars are coming at him from behind and in front and the side. He's just, like, whoop, and just, like, doing some real slapstick bullshit. And then in the beginning, like, you know, a big pillar comes and just, like, crushes him in the face, and he's just like, oh, dang. Like, if the movie had kept that same tone the whole time, I think I would have liked it probably 30% more, because it was just like, you know, we're just fucking having a good time. We're, we're palling around here. It didn't try to get to the serious, you know, tone of the actual product. I, I wish it had done that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why the Death Note adaptation is also so funny because it tries to take itself very, very... And you are going to watch it. I'm just I'll buy you dinner, but you're watching it for Halloween. You're doing that for me because it's insane. Um, Yeah, but Death Note also tries to take itself really seriously and, like, so does this one. And I think the other live-action adaptations of Death Note that I've seen also try to take themselves very seriously. And, like, it's serious content, 
But it doesn't work when your human being is wearing a Party City wig. It's just... It's so... just, And the problem is, like, the CGI is really good. So, like, the alchemy looks really good. But the people the CGI, doing it don't. The CGI was very good, and um, I feel like the ways the actors actually interacted with it were, like, not bad. No. Like... Like there's there's an instance where Ed has to like rest his face against um, Al's body, and like th- that looked fine. And then like the Chimera dog, like you know, it was it was creepy. Um, it you know it was unsettling, but it didn't you know I, it looked like CGI. But I, I was like, okay, I think it's still achieving the same effect, which is to like make the audience be like, oh, this is like you know something we should have sympathy for, but also be really unnerved by. Yeah. And, you know, and like you know, the fire effects were great, and you know the a lot of the a lot of the cool fighting stuff was good, um, but I don't know. It, those those are we're, we're trying to trying to find some points to talk about what's what's good about this show, and like I don't know how much more we could do besides say like yeah, I like the CGI. Yeah, CGI was great. Uh, everything looks. It's just. Uh, yeah, man, it sure is a fucking motion picture film. Um, like, <laughs> I'm trying not to do the thing. I'm trying not to compare it to the source material. Like, it's an active thing I'm trying to withhold, like, physically withhold myself from doing. Because the movie goes through these insane pacing issues where, like, it moves really, really fast and then it just stops completely. And at the moments where it stopped completely, my brain would get to thinking. And I just sat there and I just wrote in the notes where like usually our notes are like, what, a page or two, you know, spaced out bullet points. I wrote like paragraphs in my notes about the issues I had all of a sudden with this adaptation that I've seen before. And the first time I watched it, I was like, all right, this is dumb as hell, but like, whatever. And this time, because I think I was watching it and I don't know, maybe I've gotten more critical of movies in my old age, but I was just like, dang. It's less fun when you remember that the original was so fucking good, dude. And this is not at, at all, actually. Good. No, um, like, there's some real bad points. Like, I think we both pointed out in our notes where, like, um, when he, when Ed uncovers that this guy has fused his uh, daughter to his dog, the line that he says is, uh, I hate insightful little brats like you. And it's like, bro, okay, you're white, you went missing, and you were able to develop the chimera that could talk two years ago. Uh, so big coincidence there. Now your daughter and your dog are both missing, and now you have a, a daughter dog that can speak English. <laughs> like, that's not, it's, it's not fucking Sherlock Holmes. Um, and God, the thing that happened immediately after that almost gave me uh, a stroke because uh, I wrote, like, okay. <laughs> Okay, so, like, he, Ed, Ed gets him, and he, like, puts him up against the wall, and he starts punching him, and then, you know, it's like, oh, you, you, you bastard, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you, and then, like, I was like, okay, this guy says, like, oh, really, you're the one to talk, and I was like, okay, so, he, like, bro, you can't make the point that, like, just because you, you know, fused your daughter and your dog and also murdered your wife, like, you don't get to say, like, oh, you know, we're basically the same. And then he literally says, you and I are exactly <laughs> the same. And at that point, I about threw my computer out the window because I was like, no, he, a human didn't write this script. A fucking Muppet wrote this script and not one of the good ones. It was like Animal or some shit. <laughs> 
Yeah, this is not a Kermit production. Uh, do you remember um, Ed, Ed, and Eddie at all? Of course I remember Ed, Ed, and Eddie. <laughs> so every time Tucker said anything, all I could hear was, what's his face with the blue hair? Good, just just say something along the lines Kevin, of like, right? is it Kevin? I thought Kevin I was the so. douchebag. No, Kevin's the cool guy. No, it was the foreign coded kid. Yeah, it was <laughs> foreign coded is the name of my new band. Um, <laughs> yeah, too. It's just like, what you doing, Ed boy? That's like mm-hmm. all I could hear in my head. It's just <sighs> Ed boy. Because it, the script is written by, it's like if somebody took Full Metal Alchemist removed every fourth line and then every second line and then every second line again, put it through Google Translate into Arabic, into Finnish, into German, into Russian, and then back into English and Japanese back into English one more time for good measure, and then said, here's our movie. That's, I think the script is like AI generated Google Translate nonsense because... Yeah, it's extremely neural network. Like, what if we just scanned the pages of the Full Metal Alchemist text and then, you know, just hoped and prayed that it would give us plot and it didn't. And it didn't. Is the... I I went off on this whole tangent. I don't know, maybe I'll make it a Twitter thread or something, but I went off on this whole tangent in my notes where, like, the whole point of Tucker is to be a one-off villain. He's like a world-setting villain. He's not a villain villain. Because the the Full Metal Alchemist itself isn't a a man-versus-man conflict. It's a man-versus-world. So to make it a man-versus-man conflict invalidates the entire fucking story. But also, Tucker is just, like, a dude who does an evil thing. Right? He's like a dude who's obsessed with his own power and does an evil thing to prove himself. They make him into like a megalomaniac. He has this whole dramatic reveal at the end with the Philosopher's Stone. He's got the big set where Hohenheim is supposed to be. And he's just like, oh, is he? No, he's not in this. Oh my god, did they conflate the set for lab number five and so whatever, I can't get into it. But he has this like big lab coat reveal and he's like walking around and he's like, oh, you've arrived, Ed boy. And like, Ed is like, this is the human transmutation circle. And he's like, that's why you're a genius. Sir, it is. He's done this before. He's He knows the circle. He's done it. And also, why are the homunculi all hanging from the ceiling like baby bats? I wanted to ask How big about is that. This space? Um, it's a huge. That lab is fucking enormous. <laughs> that lab is a Super Bowl stadium. There um, should have been a sinkhole over that lab years ago. That should have been discovered ages ago. Also, so is that a callback to any part of the anime? I am okay. So watching this movie for someone who knows the anime as well as I do, it feels like having a stroke because it's like things I'm familiar with run through Google Translate. I cannot remember if this is two parts in the anime mixed together, if it's an extrapolation of one part of the anime, or if they just like made some shit up. I can't remember. And until I rewatch all 69 episodes, I won't know. Cause like, God, I I don't remember. I remember you know there's one part in. You know, Full Metal Alchemist, where, like, spoiler, 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 like, they, you know, God comes out, and, like, he, you know, he, Ed- Edward has to fight God, and, like, I feel like there is some connection between, like, the the big army, you know, the white army things with the eyeball that they have to fight in the movie. I feel like there might be something similar, but the, the thing that- The eyeball that, people are in there. They're in there. They're in the end. Okay, that's what I'm asking about, because, like, oh, I don't- okay, yeah. 
Because, like, I, I couldn't tell if it was, like, that or, like, the white Zetsu from Naruto or, like, oh. all the fucking sloppy dudes from Evangelion where, you know, it it just... How, uh, many, how many episodes has it been since we've mentioned Naruto? I mean, honestly, it's probably been, like, three, which is very good for <laughs> us. Very good for us. It's very good. Sorry, what were you saying? I got distracted by it. I just, like, it's... Uh, I'm glad that it was actually in there, but like just the fact that it's you know a thing where like a a weird gloopy white enemy like comes out of the out of a space and you know there's just like hordes of them like that that is such an anime thing that happens like I could not remember whether or not that was just like you know a, a plot that they invented for this movie, um, but like you know that making. Um, Tucker, the guy who was like, I'm actually going to use these guys to take over the world was really, really bad. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. I see the thing that, that I thought you were asking about is like when this happens, because I think they conflated lab number five with, uh, the God's hideout. I think those are two separate sets Yes, because lab number five is where they go to oh my god it's all coming back to me lab number five is where they go and there's other living suits of armor there that were prisoners and their bodies were used to make the philosopher's stone and it is the one of the prisoners who's a mass murderer who tells al that hey your brother might have just invented you that's why they have that fight in lab number five and then there's a separate set that is the hideout of the homunculi where father slash god is and i think they conflated those two sets and instead of any of those two characters they put in tucker who now that i'm thinking about it why did they make him kind of hot He's like an old man with bad glasses. They aged him down like 20 years. Because they aged Tucker down, aged Ed up. Roy was also young looking. So was Riza and Maze. They all went through war. They the should more all be I think about old. This, they should be in their late 30s. The more I think about this movie, the more it perplexes me. I'm not even mad about it. I'm just confused. I haven't had this emotion in a while. I don't know. I just... Like, the, the inclusion of the general, the removal of Scar, who is, like, one of the best villains, yes. like, in anime. Like, I mean, I understand. And, like, they completely took out the... They hinted at the, you know... They hinted at the genocide of Ishfal. But, like, they never really... They're just like drawing from people's pre-existing knowledge of it and just sort of using that to, you know, limp the plot along. And it's 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 so frustrating. You know, maybe that's why they made Tucker hot was because Scar was hot and they didn't have Scar. So they needed a hot villain. Yeah, I don't think he was nearly as hot as Scar, though. Yeah, uh, Scar is fine as hell. Uh, Scar is also like not like a villain villain. He's an antagonist, but he's not a villain, Uh, which is part of Tucker's role in the plot is to demoralize Ed now, to set up the world as like an inherently cruel place, the cruelty of which they have to overcome, and to give Scar a justifiable target to murder. Because so far, he's just been like murdering alchemists. This time he murders an alchemist who fucking deserves it. So the removal of Scar, also wild. And again, hottie with a body, just give me like a big man on that screen. You want to talk about making that movie 30% more enjoyable? Fucking put Scar on screen, get those hot tattoos, you know, let me objectify someone because I got this close to objectifying Roy 
in his weird Jeff Goldblum open shirt, like last 30 minutes of the movie doesn't make any sense as to why they kept his shirt unbuttoned. I know it's a visual from the anime, but it's not from that part of the anime, so I don't understand what you're doing. But that wig. I couldn't get past the Justin Bieber 2008 wig. I couldn't. That's what his hair looked like. Oh my God. I knew something was wrong. I couldn't get past like 2008, you know, boy pop star. <sighs> Roy Mustang gets done dirty visually a lot. Like he has a mustache at the end of the anime, but like, <sighs> you know, there was just like an objective lack of hot people, I think was my problem. I couldn't. I, I couldn't. And if Ed was supposed to be hot, he had a rat tail and he was boycotted. So, like, I couldn't. Yeah, it was not. It was not great. So, Layla, uh, as, as is our our uh, tradition, how would you oh try to um, oh reboot uh, FMAB uh, into a um, into a, a live action movie that is maybe not good, but enjoyable? It has to be a movie, though. Yes, it has to be a movie it has like to be a this movie. one. You're you're the director now. You're, I'm the director Netflix now. comes to you in 2017. It says, "Layla, we got a letter from the future, <laughs> and they said that you need you to be the one to do this. Otherwise, we're going to get made fun of." Layla, we used our magic eight ball, and we uh, <laughs> put your name in there with a bunch of other fucking weebs, and we decided that uh, we we get to uh, send you to Japan. Oh, b- b- God, alive! Um, fuck it, I would go full Death Note. <laughs> They're American now, motherfucker. Okay. They're American, and um, they are in like modern day high school, and the FBI recruits them to uh, stop a mad scientist who kidnapped his own daughter. I think it has to be that, right? There's a movie where they stop Hitler. This is all plausible. So wait. Yeah. Sorry? <laughs> I told you about it. The Conqueror Shambhala is about Ed and Al in World War II, I'm pretty sure. Oh. I yeah. thought that was a different... I didn't realize that was a Full Metal Alchemist movie. No, Shit. No, that's... That's why I said we have to watch Conqueror Shambhala and the new Lupin the Third because they all have to do with Hitler for some reason. Okay. Um, that'll be... We'll have, that'll be our next double feature. <laughs> So, yeah, I guess they have to be Americans in high school. Oh, my God. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do the leg and arm thing? Um, I guess they they would just have to, like, come. It would have to be, like, anime character in in the real world. You know what I mean? Like, they would have to start out in their anime universe animated. And then instead of binding Al's soul to the suit of armor, (laughs) they end up in our world. And have to go space to like Space Jam high style. Yes, 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 yes. Oh my god, what if it was like Space Jam and instead of like stopping with the FBI, they would have to fight the Monstars? There's your ultimate crossover. I would just go ham, I think is what I'm trying to get at. I wouldn't try to go for coherence because you really can't. As we've seen, you can't make them. At, at what point Winry hits CGI Al with a giant wrench and I don't know where she got it from. She just had it. She just had this giant wrench, and it was clearly made out of foam. Anime visuals don't work. You have to just go ham. I want to see Ed skateboarding. That's what I want to see. I want to see him skateboarding on an edgy Hot Topic skateboard because he's an edgy Hot Topic kid. And I want him in, like, 2008, like, trip pants with the chains. Of course. That's that's the movie I would have directed. That sounds great. (laughs) 
Um, you know, I think that's the problem with trying to adapt things that are, you know, already like trying to turn TV shows into movies, right? Unless you are willing to invent a whole new plot line, you it's very difficult to adapt actual like parts of the show into a, into a film that makes sense because you need all that extra context. You need all that extra history um, to, to make the show what it is and to turn that into a movie seems like a very difficult task. Like I, I was thinking of like, like a bunch of anime movies. Like they just like, um, I guess not, not the Inuasha one doesn't necessarily, cause it still uses villains from Inuasha, but like, you know, it, it doesn't try to include them in the original plot. I don't think, right. Like they just like do stuff and then it's just never mentioned again. Um, yeah, they're, they're side stories. They're not like, they don't have any effect on plot itself, which I mean, to be fair, like, 40 episodes also don't have any effect on the plot itself so that's in yasha though but um i I mean in general i think i think if you're going to try to adapt a tv show you should probably not try to include elements of the plot um you should probably just have like a one-off sort of adventure um you know and and just try to see invent a situation that you think the characters would have an interesting time in and see how they react in it and try not to make it relevant to the mainline story (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's always this, like, common wisdom, I feel like, that I was taught, which is, if you're going to make something, there has to be a reason it's made in the format that it's made in. So, like, Full Metal Alchemist functions well as an animated thing, because it's about teenagers and all their... This is back from, like, <clears throat> episode two of this um, show, when we talked about uh, Prince and the Dressmaker, and, you know, Jen Wang has this whole thing in the back of her um, book that talks about making the characters teenagers, because all their, like, emotions are outsized. So, you know, that's why they're teenagers, and then it's animated because well first of all a manga first but you know there are certain visual shorthands and like plot things that you can get away with in anime and in manga that look ridiculous when you do them in real life that look kind of cool when they're animated right it's these like people transforming into other people and these like surrealistic concepts like you really need to get like good cgi to get right but have a much lower threshold of believability when you animate them. And, like, that's why it's animated. And you could have, like, cool character designs that you can't pull off in real life. Like, you can't find a dude that looks like Armstrong, who is, like, seven feet tall and just a fucking hulking mass of man. And same with, like, their teacher's husband. He's just too large to find a man like that in real life. Right? It would be like trying to make a live-action adaptation of Spider-Verse where Kingpin takes up the entire frame. Right? You can't find a man like that. But you should be able to, you is what we're saying. be able to. So whenever For $5 genetic- a month, you can support <laughs> us genetically engineering broad-shouldered men for your pleasure. Well, when we're Disney executives, we'll That's have right. that kind of fuck you money. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, you know, the believability threshold. Anytime you make anything live action, you raise the bar for suspension of disbelief. And, like, why do that if you can just watch these two teenagers punch God in the face as an anime? I just, you know, that's what I want to see. I want to see Ed punching God in the face episode, like, 65 or whatever. It's immensely satisfying to me. Not Truth being a bunch of dust who talks to a tin can. Yeah, no. I, I think that they, they really... Let's let's take this one back to the drawing board, guys. I You know? Literally. I, <laughs> literally. As literally. in, don't... <laughs> live action god unless you want it to be bad and stupid don't make it live action i'm sorry (gasps) unless you fucking roger rabbit it 
Because, listen, like, it's like Looney, it's like Space Jam, right? It's just, like, people interacting with cartoons. Unless you do that. Mm-hmm. I think that... It, I have a better question for you. Okay, so you've seen this film, right? You and I both watched this movie. Ostensibly, yeah. Okay. If you had to make everyone a Muppet except for one character, who would that one character be? Because that's essentially the kind of acting they're giving us, is Muppet acting, so... <sighs> That's a good question. Um, I mean, I feel like it should be... I feel like it should be Ed. I feel like he should be the human. Uh-huh. Uh, because I want more than anything to see uh, Al in a metal body, <laughs> but also it's Muppet <laughs> flesh. <laughs> uh-huh. And it makes a lot of sense if... Um, I want also want Ed to have Muppet arm and leg as his prosthetics so that so that way when he talks about getting his body al's body back it makes more sense mm-hmm. yeah no has to you have to commit i think i think it should be hughes that would actually be really funny because oh my god <laughs> that would make more sense because then it's like oh he's the emotional center and then when he gets killed by um i guess muppet, muppet roy muppet roy mustang i want to see a muppet shoot fire out of their arms that'd be fucking rad <laughs> Sick as hell. Muppets, call us. Oh, God, Jim Henson, hit us up. Jim Henson, let's talk about getting some transmutation circles on these bad boys. (laughs) Come on. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think think that's how you rescue this movie is everyone's a Muppet. In in one movie, it's Ed. In the clearly what was planned to be a trilogy sequel. Sorry, in the first movie, it'd have to be Hughes because Hughes dies. In the second movie, inexplicably, it's Ed. (laughs) He's just a real boy now. Well, I mean, inexplicably, in this movie, they just have, like, in the beginning, oh, they're five-year-olds, but then they, when in the flashback, they're not five-year-olds anymore. So, like, it's consistent with the logic of Netflix making this fucking film. Oh, my God. Nothing tripped me up more than the dream sequence where Ed was an adult man-boy doing the <laughs> transmutation when he was five years old in the beginning of the movie doing it. Truly an aneurysm of a film. I would, you have to watch this sober. You can't watch this high. You'll start hearing colors if you watch this high. It was a lot, and I didn't. I wish I hadn't (laughs) watched it, and I hope that the next time we do this, we watch something better. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least enjoyably bad. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Is there a stage adaptation, do you think? I would watch that. All right, time to go down the Google <laughs> hellhole. Because there is that Haikyuu stage adaptation I still need to watch because it looked really good and all the volleyball games were dance-offs. Okay. We should have watched that. We really should. Um, so mercifully, it does not seem like they tried mm. to turn Full Metal Alchemist into a musical. Mm. Um, so Tyler. there is. So Layla, keep that in the back of your mind for your uh-huh. career in 10 years. Uh, why, why not now? Uh, I mean, listen, if you've got the capital. <laughs> I'll start an OnlyFans. But it's fine. It'll be worth it'll, it. But it'll be only Full Metal Alchemist fans. <laughs> <laughs> Funding this stage play that I'm going to put on in Japan. Because by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> One woman show. I have all the, characters. all the characters are Layla. <laughs> all the characters are a 27-year-old uh, Azerbaijani woman who can only do two character voices. It'll be good. <laughs> or I maybe I'll, be I'll, be, I'll do the puppets. Yes, there we go. <laughs> I'll do puppets. It'll be a puppet show. All right. All right, cool. Well, I'm proud of us. Uh, we got through this conversation. Barely. <laughs> for better or for worse. We're still here, alive. Uh, 
I do I, feel like my legs are deteriorating, <laughs> but we've done it, I think. I, I do feel like I've given up something, something mm-hmm, important definitely. that I will figure out the cost of later. Oh, God. Um, well, what what are we... Do you have an idea of what we're going to do next time when we review something? Um, I truly don't. Oh, I think... You know, I think it's time to revisit Kingdom Hearts. You think uh, so? Is it time for two? Because it's also been a month since we watched, uh, we did the Kingdom Hearts one thing. So I think it's and, time. You know, we got one, two, and then uh, three in Remind. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we gotta we gotta wrap up this franchise somehow. Well, we could also we could also do uh, Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories instead yeah. of going straight to two. Which one's the one with Riku having bugs in him? That's coded. <laughs> yeah, we should do Chain of Memories. Maybe maybe we'll do Chain of Memories um, and we'll work our way through the whole Kingdom Hearts franchise because oh. we're nightmare people. Um, right. Great. Okay. Great. We'll, awesome. We'll, so we'll try to do Chain of Memories uh, next time uh, on this podcast. But in the meantime, Layla, um, where can people find you on the internet? I'm at L-E-Y-L-S-E-S on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. Um, I work on a webcomic. It'll be back up eventually. I write essays. Um, mostly I'm just very busy right now. Aaron, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on the internet at Aaron SXL. You can also listen to the other podcast I do at The Bible Boys. And we're going to cover the um, God Warrior episode of Trading Spouses Um Another uh, choice that makes me question uh, whether the people I do podcasts with uh, like me as a person. Uh, So uh, look out for that one. Um, You can also uh, find our theme song. It's Obsolete by Keshko. It's from the album Filmmakers Reference Kit Volume 2. You can find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com. Layla, do we have a closing line for this episode? (laughs) You and I are the same. (laughs) No, we're not. (laughs) I'll see you next week.